You're listening to The Authenticity Show, where you get to eavesdrop on great conversations about health, creativity, and the quest for excellence. Your hosts are Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. Our guest today is Bella Patel. Bella is a pharmacist who's been working in nursing homes for the past 17 years. She's also a certified holistic health coach. These two widely different perspectives on medicine and healthcare give her some unique insights in terms of disease prevention and overall health of the body and mind. Carlos, are we more fascinated with life or are we more fascinated with death? Wow. I mean, without life, you can't really be fascinated with death, can you? Yeah, it's the old yin-yang thing. But yeah. gosh, does one of them strike a chord more than the other? I'm not sure. I wonder. Well, I'm a natural optimist, so I would say life, but then I'm a pretty curious person, so then death, yeah. right? I mean, it's the thing that we don't have direct experience of, or at least conscious remembrance of, but we experience it in the sense of an outsider. We, we see other people die. Yeah. We witness people die. Yeah. Um, so the curiosity naturally is there. Like, I wonder what is involved with death, but every day that you're living, yeah, that seems to be more important because you can't do any of that without life. Right, right. I think I was um, not alive a long time before I suddenly was born. You'll probably be dead even longer. I probably will be. So um, we're hearing some giggling over here. <laughs> and uh, this is our wonderful guest, Bella Patel. Hello, Bella. Hello. Welcome, Bella. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Us too. So you are a holistic health coach, is that correct? Yes. That's that's the proper terminology? Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. Um, could you kind of just describe what that is? Okay, so basically I help people integrate simple yet really powerful changes in their life that make whatever they want to achieve sustainable. So so it's kind of like a personal trainer, right? Like you get a personal trainer, he kind of gives you a plan, he guides you, he encourages you, and he holds you accountable. And those are all the things I do as a health coach. And to be a health coach, I actually went to school for a year at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. So now I'm a certified holistic health coach. Hmm. And so you're a pharmacist also. Yeah. You've been a pharmacist for a long time. Um, in your experience, what is the difference in philosophy between those two types of training? Like, like what is there a different angle? Absolutely. So um, as a pharmacist, I'm just kind of working on keeping that Band-Aid on, which is like the medications that are given. You know, mm-hmm. I'm working on keeping them on. I'm helping manage them if there's any side effects, if there's any drug interactions. And um, as a health coach, I'm helping go to the root cause of your disease. I'm helping prevent disease, which is most important. And what I'm really passionate about is just disease prevention. Um, Because after doing this for, for 17 plus years, and you see so many patients that are young uh just today there were residents who were in their 40s and 50s and they're on 15 different medications Hmm. and i just feel like we have got to do something and Hmm. and i look at some of these people and i'm like i feel like if there were just 
changes in their lifestyle and their diet, it would have made a tremendous difference. So as a health coach, I'm trying to attack it from the root and either prevent or keep it where it is and not let it progress. Mm. Was there uh, a particular situation or event or was it just an accumulation of things that caused you to um, decide to take a different direction in your career? I think it was a accumulation of things. Um, first of all, working in nursing homes um, definitely was one. Um, secondly, I've, I've kind of grown up really interested and passionate about health and wellness. Um, my parents, I, I have um, come from an Indian background, and there were always Ayurvedic remedies that were tried first, right? That's the first thing that you do. You, you rarely get on a medication. And so even as a pharmacist, even today, and even 10 years ago, when people, friends and family call me for advice, the advice I give them is always something that's non-drug related. You know, I'll say, try this with your diet or try, you know, here's some herbs I can give you. Like, why don't you make a tea with this concoction or, or try honey for your allergies, you know. Um, and I oftentimes, I, they're very successful in doing that. And so those are kind of the things that led me. And, you know, I've also had personal experiences where I've realized, wow, like, did I just induce this condition? You know, um, I, I mean, I know you're kind of looking at me like, what are you talking about? Well, um, one thing that was so clear in my mind, and it was a real aha moment for me, was um, when we moved to London, um, I had been an asthmatic, a severe asthmatic as a young child. And I was in and out of hospitals uh, fairly often. And, um, and I thought I had outgrown it. And we were moving in 2012, and uh, my asthma was acting up again. So I was like, God, it's got to be something in the air. I think the Santa Anas are acting up here. It must be something. I was taking my um, rescue inhaler. It wasn't working. I got, a, got on a steroid inhaler. And then we moved, we moved uh, to London. And... Um, I was still wheezing a lot. Oftentimes, I'd even have to put myself on the nebulizer uh, just to get some relief. And um, one day, I took the bus to the gym, and I got there, and I was about to take a yoga class, and I noticed that I was wheezing a lot. And I was like, okay, I reached in my purse and couldn't find my inhaler. And so I'm like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Am I going to go back home? Um, I, I really don't want to wait for the bus, <laughs> you know, so different from driving. So I'm like, I'm here. I'm just going to do it. If I can't breathe, I will walk out and then I'll leave. But at least I tried. Mm. So I did the class and, you know, there was this French woman who I was having a really difficult time understanding. So I was really tuned in. I was really tuned into what she was saying and I was really trying to do everything. And then I walked out. And I realized something was different. And I, I couldn't point my finger to it. And then two seconds later, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not wheezing anymore. I'm not wheezing. Like, how can this, how can this happen? And I realized that all of this asthma, all my attacks were all due to my stress and anxiety that was happening due to the move, you know, due to living in a new country, leaving family, leaving friends, leaving a career. It was all of that, you know, and at that moment, I was like, wow, I can't believe that that's something that I've had for 30 years, just just by taking a yoga class and breathing and forgetting about everything, just, I just got relief, hmm. you know, 
And so it was really amazing to me. And obviously after that, you know, I kept up my practice and and I didn't blame the mold in the, in the flat. And I didn't blame the smokers on the street, you know. And my it, everything was gone. I was off all my inhalers. Once that realization wow. came, I think. Wow. So it that's... came down to the re- realization. Yeah. It's mainly the realization, you know, that, wow, uh, you know, it's your anxiety. Mm. And it's your stress. Mm-hmm. And then I started doing something about my stress and my anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, I was off everything. Wow. So... Thank goodness you forgot that inhaler. I know. I know because I would have taken two puffs right before class and then two right after. Because that's what you keep thinking about, right? Is Mm -hmm. like, oh, I need it. I need it. Because otherwise I won't heal. Right. So. Oh, wow. It's really interesting. That's a great story. (laughs) Wow, that's a great story. This reminds me of a a documentary many years ago that I saw. I've shared this with you, Carlos. Um, it was in another country where this, this happened, and there was a young lady uh, who had a very serious condition. And I saw this many years ago, so I don't recall what the condition was. And she had to take a medication that was very, very toxic, had terrible side effects. And what they did was they started to let her smell a little vial of ammonia every time she got infused with the medication. Mm-hmm. And then they transitioned her over to where she could get all the benefits of the medication just by smelling the ammonia. Yeah. You know, it just goes to show that, that, you know, it's anchoring. Yeah, it's anchoring. And sometimes it's really hard to find that inner healer, but it's in there somewhere. It's there. And if you can find it, you know, if you can learn how to access it, it's amazing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, when we, when we use, uh, uh, NLP methods to reduce or eliminate allergies, it's been really successful. Um, sometime I'd like you to help me with this. Okay. I am allergic to mosquito repellent. Oh. Yeah. And my mom told me years ago, oh, you could just use pennyroyal oil. And that's also as a natural mosquito repellent. Yeah. So when I, when I, if I spray off on me or somebody around me is using mosquito repellent, my throat will start to close. Mm-hmm. Not all the way, but yeah. I'll, I'll have a real hard time breathing. Mm-hmm. And um, I got some pennyroyal and I tried that one time and my throat still started to close up, even with pennyroyal. I would love to try this. We definitely need to do yeah, that. One because of these days. We'll the cool thing about it is, is even um, no, no matter what, it's worth doing because you know, when people ask me about this and they call up and ask about an allergy, uh, allergy work, I'll just say, look, um, the worst that can happen is that it doesn't work. It's not like this is some kind of dangerous treatment. Yeah. That's the worst that can happen is it doesn't work. Yeah. Slightly better than that is it works partially. Would you be okay if you're if your allergy was 50% less, who would say no to that? Right. Yeah. You know, and if it's 100% gone, how are you feeling about that? Yeah. So, you know, the way I look at it is it's a, it's a treatment that's relatively inexpensive. It's totally safe. And um, the potential for benefit is great. Yeah. The the upside is totally worth it. Wow. That's neat. If it's delivered properly and done well, you're going to have a pretty good result most of the time. Wow. It's pretty effective. Yeah, that's neat. That's amazing. We're going to try this. I'm in line too. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) Excellent. Sounds good. Bella, how do you, how do you get to the root with people? Like what, what is it that you're thinking or... What's the beginning of that 
approach when you start thinking, oh, my clients come to me, they've got these, this or that health problem, and I'm evaluating them, and I'm in the discovery stage and all that. How do you get to the root, like you mentioned earlier? So um, I think that, first of all, uh, you know, I do a very thorough health history. Mm-hmm. And and generally my sessions are every week for like an hour or so. I feel like I get to know the person very well. And oftentimes, I think within the first few sessions, you, you know if the person's high anxiety, uh, what kind of disposition they have about life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like sometimes with um, GI issues, I can kind of see if a person's very anxious that that might be attributing to their GI issues, although Mm -hmm. they'll never make that connection. And I won't say it to them. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will work on stress management techniques as a priority in my health coaching program. And so because oftentimes, um, you know, everyone's got stress in their life, but it's how we respond to the stress Mm -hmm. that really affects what's going on inside. Amen to that. yeah. Yeah. So stress management is a huge component of health coaching. Um, Mm. And, you know, I, by the end of it, I usually get people either doing meditation or pranayam breathing exercises for at least 10 minutes, once or twice a day, depending on what they're doing. Um, And that has made a significant difference in um, my patients. Nice. Yeah. Do they, do they also um, see the value and attribute um, those practices in, in themselves? Like, do they own it and say, oh, yeah. I'm really glad I'm doing these pranayama? And, yeah, yeah. They, they are. You know, um, in the beginning, I kind of tried, okay, why don't we do like um, this YouTube guided meditation, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of wasn't getting the best compliance with that, mm-hmm. you know, or there's apps. And then... Um, a couple of times I had clients walk into the office and their energy was, you can just tell they were very anxious. They've had a stressful day. So I kind of put aside my agenda and I'm like, you know what, we're going to close our eyes and we're just going to do a few breathing exercises and I'll do them for five minutes. And then the, the, the face, their body, everything has changed in five minutes. Nice. And they all kind of look at me and go, wow. That was amazing because for some people, that's the first time in weeks that they have been with themselves, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so I I kind of right now am really finding that effective. I feel like pranayam is just working. Like it's an active process. So people feel like they're doing something, um, but it's really calming their mind Mm -hmm. Um, instead of you know, instead of the pushback of trying to meditate because you get the response of, I can't meditate. I have so many things going through my mind. Well, yeah. 100% of us do as well, yeah. right? I, 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 I love that yeah. term, trying to meditate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Trying to meditate. Carlos would tell me that trying implies struggle. Yeah. yeah. Implies failure too. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Either yeah. did or you didn't. You were either practicing or you weren't practicing. You weren't trying to practice. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. funny. Wow. Well, that's neat because what you're doing is you're showing them how taking a simple action has much more effect than they ever could have realized. Right. Yeah. Right. I imagine that, that your whole business is about actions. Yeah. Taking actions or getting people to take actions or Absolutely. managing their actions. How do you approach that? What, 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 do you, what are some of the things that you would do to help somebody take actions when that's difficult for them? 
So basically, um, when I do do their health history, I get a good idea of what their lifestyle's like. And so each person, each plan is so different. Um, you know, my last patient, um, rather client, um, she had two jobs and a very uh, high stress individual with a lot of things going on. And um, what we did is each week, I, I start with small goals. And she was a person who drank a lot of Dr. Pepper every morning. And it was something she did for 17 years. She knew it was bad, but she just couldn't. She just couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we did was, um, I, I, even at our meeting, I don't say, you're getting off the Dr. Pepper. The only thing I said is, starting tomorrow, you're going to drink half your body weight in ounces in water and um, start your day with two glasses of water and maybe live a few ounces of Dr. Pepper in the morning. Um, And for that week, I remember it was focus on water, leave a few ounces of Dr. Pepper, and let's start with exercise because she didn't like exercise. She's made every excuse in the book. I can't go to the gym. I can't do this. I can't do that. I go, so where do you live? Tell me about your housing. You know, and she says, oh, I live in this apartment and, um, you know, I can take the elevator. I can take the stairs. I said, you know what? You're going to take the stairs twice a week, eight times up and down. And she's like, okay, that's manageable. I think I can do that. Um, Within three weeks, she was off her Dr. Pepper, right? And she was exercising three times a week. We implemented yoga once a week. Mm. You know, we work in... So, And then, of course, their diet is a huge component. So I always start small. So we'll start with breakfast. I'll give you recipes. You know, I generally give whatever, whatever they're palate is like you know i'll give them recipes accordingly that are healthy i mean we're basically trying to get everyone on real food right real fruits and vegetables versus processed chemicalized food um and i mean in six weeks she lost 17 pounds and is doing her breathing twice a day and so i felt and she feels amazing you know she feels amazing and now she's like bella I'm going to do the stairs because I moved her up to three times a week and weights. She's like, I'm doing them five times a week now, you know, and I'm going to go find a class where I can do weights. And so I was like, that's great. So um, I think it's always based on the individual and what they need. And I can kind of sense that mm-hmm. after the first few meetings. Sounds like you do a really good job of paying very close attention yeah. to who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, if you don't find things that are going to work in their lifestyle, it's very hard to make changes. That's and true. my goal is to make lifelong sustainable changes. This is not a quick fix. Wow, that's like, so important. What you yeah, just said, yeah, lifelong sustainable changes. Yes. Yeah, that's huge. So I will pick on you every week for that water, and I will text you during the week. What are you doing? Did you do your exercise? What did you have for breakfast? I mean, I'm on them because mm. I, I, I care just as much as they do when I have a client. You know, mm-hmm. I feel responsible. I feel like I am them and I want them to succeed. I could uh, use a little bit of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's solid, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that kind of uh, coaching is what all of us need, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I, you yeah. know, I feel like all of us, everybody would benefit, including myself. I would love someone to you know, keep track of my food and, and mm-hmm. tell me, hey, why don't you add, add in another day of cardio and, you know, mm-hmm. 
drink do this and add some add some more of these vegetables in your diet yeah anyone can benefit every every time i see people uh crowding around uh, a baby and the baby the baby starts to crawl for the first time or takes a couple steps and everybody's oh good boy good girl i think where are these people in the morning when I need to get out of bed? Right. Good job. You rolled exactly. over. You're getting exactly. up. Yeah. You know, I need that kind of encouragement. Good boy, Satch. That's what yeah. I need. Yeah. You got to do it yourself. Yeah. So, so you, at, if you I, can all text me anytime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I definitely um, am a believer of affirmations. Um, so that's always something I like to, it just depends on what they're into because I find that even saying something really small, like I am healthy. I am well, you know, makes a big difference. Mm, yeah. Just your mindset. Mm. I, I constantly throughout my life underestimate affirmations. And then every time I'm reminded, wow, that felt really good. That was mm-hmm. really useful. Mm-hmm. And then I forget and then I come back to them and I forget. So uh, do you have like a, an affirmation bank or do you just sort of... Uh, I do. Uh, yeah. Louise Hay is my affirmation bank. Um, so depending on what I feel the client needs and if they're ready for it, to be honest, because I think for some people it could sound a little hokey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of assess who it is and if they're going to be receptive to it then I definitely um, will send them something that pertains to their life. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to come to something that you mentioned um, already um, about numbers of medications that you see clients on. You mentioned that a lot of people that you're seeing are on 15 plus medications. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a maximum number of medications that you've seen somebody on? Okay, so when I started uh, as a consultant pharmacist, and I think this regulation came out in 2000. Um, CMS wanted us to flag every resident who was on nine or more meds, okay, which included supplements. So at that time, we were kind of struggling with it, right? We were like, oh, you know, a lot of patients are kind of following, but we still have a good number under. Let me tell you, that regulation is gone, okay, because everyone's over nine or more meds. And... Um, I'm just looking at pages and pages. So I would say like 20. Wow. 20, I would say. It's quite a lot. That's a lot of medications. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Aren't there, um, I've seen this written down and I've, I've forgotten the number, but that there, there are lists that will explain like if somebody's on this many medications, there's this percentage of a chance that they're having interactions. If they're on this many medications, um, you know, and I forget what the magic number was, but like once you hit a certain peak number, it's pretty much guaranteed there's some kind of interaction. Um, well, that's true. I can, um, that's almost the unfortunate part is as a pharmacist, I'm looking at some of these things and I'm like, well, there's, you know, there's an interaction here, but what can you do? The patient needs it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the only thing I do is I leave a note to the nurse saying, watch out for these um, problems that could potentially happen with the use of these two medications. That's what I do because unless it's really severe, the likelihood is they're not going to take someone off of it. Oh, and, you know, we're that. also at a point now where um, patients are very smart and not well smart and and they're almost dependent on a lot of things that they're on, right? And mm-hmm. so they don't want to be told we're going to take this off, we're going to take that off, right? So it, it creates some fear. Yeah. We heard that um, at some point during this show that you were going to share some tips with us. Is that true? Yep. Are you going to treat us with some some things that we can think about um, 
outside of this episode that might help us? Absolutely. I think I'm going to give you three of my, the, what I consider to be the most important things that you can do for your health. Oh, good. Can't I'm, wait. I'm excited about this because three is a very magical number. Yeah. It's, it's a universal, you know, phenomenon, you know, um, you're Indian, Om Tat Sat, mm-hmm. the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Chinese medicine, Jing, Qi, and Shen, three things are always good to hear. Prana, Tejas, and Ojas. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you, Bella. Yeah. Um, is there something akin to the pillars of health, like something that you think is is really important for you know us here and maybe the listeners to know about um, health management in general? Yeah. So I feel like um, achieving good health is not just based on what we eat. Mm. Um, there's many other factors, um, and those are all that I explore as a health coach. And, um, I would say nutrition is definitely one of them. I would say our environment is another one. You know, are we happy at work? Mm. Are we, what kind of relationships are we in? Who do we surround ourselves by? Right. Right. Those are all important because they can affect us really deeply, uh, on a daily basis. Um, I feel exercise, um, is a huge component, obviously moving our bodies and, um, stress management. Stress management is huge. Like I was saying before, right? It's it's what we, mm-hmm. it's how we react to stress because we're all going to have it, but it's our perception of it. So yeah, I I think um, you know there's four to five things that I look at, and I think if we can try to tackle one at a time or 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 at the same time, you know, try to improve all of those areas, we can really achieve our optimal health. Nice. And it sounds crazy, but I. I know that you can make simple changes that have profound um, results. And you're going to tell us about three yeah. of those special things, <laughs> oh, aren't you? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not going to let you forget. Yeah. Gonna, yeah. We got our eyes on you. We're, we're going to keep track. <laughs> yeah, very good. And then you've got to do them. That's true. Oh, she's I, got us now. Yes. Will you text us? Yeah, because I will text okay. you midweek to see how you're doing with those. So very That's, good. There you go. See, it's working already. I already, yeah. I, I already know you I'm going to the do them because yeah, I yeah. like it. See, this is but this is stress too. But this is a healthy kind of stress, right. isn't it? Right. So would you say that you take advantage of stress sometimes? With my clients or with myself? Yeah, like can like, stress be a good thing? Absolutely, yeah. I think stress motivates us. Right? Stress is if if. If I didn't stress to get to work on time, I wouldn't get there on time. Good point. Plain and simple, right? Um, if I didn't stress about the traffic and account for it, I mean, I'd be an hour late everywhere I went. So um, I definitely think that stress can help us. Um, there's just that fine line between help and mm-hmm. harm. I want to talk about the fine line because it seems like it's always a fine line, you know, with, with yeah. stuff like this, right? Yeah. Um, have you ever heard of Kelly McGonigal? She does, she does a really popular TED Talk on how to make stress your friend. And it, it, it uh, had an impact on me when I watched it. One of the takeaways I had on that was that basically the way you view stress changes how your body 
physiologically reacts to the stress. And this is not just woo-woo stuff. They literally studied people. They hooked them up to machines. They, they figured out, um, you know, with control groups and everything, um, that people's underlying attitudes about stress changed how their blood vessels and um, arteries would contract and dilate. And, and did they, uh, che- they probably checked cortisol levels. They checked cortisol levels, everything. And, and, and basically, um, you know, t- to sum up the 18-minute talk in, in just a few seconds, having a good attitude about the idea, you know, basically having the attitude that, that stress is good for me um, and that it makes me stronger and any reaction that my body creates is just ramping up to deal with and master the circumstances that I'm in. And just having that attitude shifts the physiology from um, sort of like a high blood pressure, dangerous... Right, fight and flight. Fight or flight to, kind of thing into right. the physiology of courage. Right. It's not so much that stress is this huge killer, but the belief that stress kills you actually combined with stress is what kills you. Mm -hmm. That you could have a really high level of stress and not be one of those statistics if you didn't have your underlying beliefs telling you that stress kills you. Not that you should be putting rose-colored glasses on and pretending that you're not feeling something that you're feeling, but it's the whole idea of reframing. You know, like in NLP, we reframe things constantly. Why is that a good practice? Well, there's a good example of why that's a good practice. Reframing your situation. Yeah. Um, That's the mental battle. You know, there's the physical stuff you have to do, and then you're. But I just think it's neat that if you seize that opportunity to get psychologically into that winning spirit, that could be. Yeah, totally. It's just changing your perception. Yeah. It's that with everything, right? Yeah. It's if we can just change our perception about issues in life everything would change yeah yeah well we're talking our life would change yeah it would yeah we're talking about stress exercise Mm -hmm. is stress it is we are physically stressing our body so that we can improve and get better it's pressure and resistance yeah and breaking down cells yeah tearing them apart so they can rebuild yeah staying up late could decrease your health but you could look at it as ooh, i'm gonna stay up late because diversity is good for my nervous system. I'm going to have to change it up and mix it up. And it might be fun to go to work having not slept very much. It's training, it's practice, it's an adventure. Certainly the ability to do that could save your life. It sure could. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, there's one that I'm struggling with, though. Um, my wife's caregiver baked these amazing brownies. <laughs> and I keep eating them with this idea that... that um, you know, eating this poison is like home- homeopathy, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna get stronger by battling these poisonous brownies. If only it were working. a homeopathic dose of brownie, I know you wouldn't yeah, know. even enjoy it. I right? Know. Exactly. Uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I think you're mega dosing on it. <laughs> I think I think that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mega dosing on it. Yeah, I need um, yeah, I need like I need to measure it in like you know micrograms. Then like, you'll be okay. Yeah, so you I'll think of, like, of organic. It doesn't sound as appealing if I tell you that they were get, they're gonna, you know, take a distilled uh, glass of, of water and dip the brownie in it for three seconds, mm-hmm. pull it out, then take that water, extract one or two drops out of that water, drop it into another container, and mm. then dilute that by a hundred or a thousand, and then there's your homeopathic brownie for you. Yeah, yeah. Mmm, oh, tasty. Oh man, that sounds not very delicious. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah.
You're listening to The Authenticity Show, where you get to eavesdrop on great conversations about health, creativity, and the quest for excellence. Your hosts are Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. Next up, Carlos and Satch continue their conversation with Bella Patel. Bella, um, do you work with children too? Um, not as a pharmacist, but I do as a health coach. What's that like? Um, it can be very, pretty challenging um, because oftentimes um, the challenge with children is um, what the parents are modeling. Mm. So even though you may have, um, I've had a client where the child needed to lose weight because they were at risk. Well, they did have very high cholesterol levels already at 10. Um, and you know, there's a risk for high blood pressure and diabetes. Um, and I could give all these dietary changes, but when the family is eating something different, it's very difficult for the child. But it just, I think um, the success with children is when I see the parents who are very motivated. And if the parents are very motivated, then we can get things moving along pretty quickly. Do you ever sort of lovingly lasso in the entire family into a, sort of a health situation where you can coach them and sort of invite them into the process? Well, I am secretly doing that. Awesome. Yeah. That's I cool. am secretly doing that, right? Because as I'm giving recommendations to the children, I'm... I'm pretty much recommending that to them as well, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. well, and plus, if they, if they're going to go through all that effort to cook, yeah. special to you know to purchase special foods and right. prepare them and and whatnot, right? Um, it seems like it's a lot of extra work then to maintain their own separate menus, exactly. Especially with the busy lifestyle these days in Orange oh, yeah. County. Oh yeah, yeah. My goodness, yeah. people are working yep. their bones off, you know. Yep, and taking their kids to fifty different places. Right. So yeah, and so that's, yeah. And that's kind of, you know, within the word holistic. Right. You know, holistic is going to imply all the parts to the machinery. You right. Know, everything, the context that, that the child is in. That's the Absolutely. Family, you know, um, and uh, um, I think sometimes we talk about holistic all the time these days and we throw the word around, but we don't really analyze what the word means. Right. You know, um, and uh, that's important. You know, I think um, it's good for people to understand that the word holistic is really one side of a coin. The other side is um, reductionist, right? So it's the idea that um, uh, modern medicine or, or science, biology, um, is reducing things down to their fundamental pieces. If we can understand the pieces that make up the whole, then we can understand the whole. That's, that's the reductionist idea, right? And holism, or to be holistic, is not to be too concerned with uh, all the chemistry of what a human body is made out of, but you know, how does it function? What are the results like? What right. makes a happy, healthy, you know, um, satisfactory life? You know, that's right. kind of a more holistic, you know, kind of approach. Um, what factors affect our lives? Right, right. Um, and it's important to be able to zoom in and zoom out. You know, um, to 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 flip from one to the other. I imagine as a person who's a holistic health coach and a pharmacist, you maybe find yourself doing that going from yeah. one world to the other and back and forth. How, how do they inform each other? Um, well, I think as a health coach, it's um, 
extremely beneficial that I'm a pharmacist. I think it helps my health coaching more <laughs> than mm. my pharmacist role. Um, as that's, a health, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. We should so talk more about that. Go it, ahead. As a health coach, I'm I'm really able to use my um, medical knowledge to help my clients. You know. Um, make recommendations based on i know the disease states very well i know the meds i know the supplements that they could possibly be on i you know i'm able to help them dose accordingly with food at night whatever whatever it is i think the knowledge helps tremendously as a health coach um and on the flip side um being a pharmacist in the nursing homes there are so many things i want to do as a health mm-hmm. coach you know i want to make i want to write up so many recommendations like hey no ice cream after every meal for this patient <laughs> yeah. right who's diabetic yeah. can we stop please yeah. um but i can't you know my hands are tied pretty mm-hmm. much um so so definitely um it works beautifully as a health coach but but I don't, not so much yeah. on the other side. It's yeah. a one-way formula. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's very frustrating. I, I wanted to talk about that a little bit because that was my experience as well. Right. Um, so I was in a skilled nursing facility working as an occupational therapist. And, and the key there is that I'm hired as an occupational therapist. I'm not hired mm-hmm. as an acupuncturist. Mm-hmm. So my job description is very well defined. Mm-hmm. So I can't practice any Chinese medicine yet my Chinese medicine knowledge is still there and my eyes are still working and my ears are still working and there's all these things I want to do. And I remember just watching all these people, like you know, once we had a big outbreak of, of C. diff, you know, diarrhea um, caused by a, a nasty little bug. And they had a real hard time getting this under control. And I'm looking at it thinking, guys, if you just let me bring in some simple Chinese herbs, we would wipe <gasps> this out in a week. Right. It'd be over fast. This is what I can treat. I can right. treat this, right? But you just cannot even approach that yeah. in that environment. It is it just it's almost like your fly. hands are tied. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah, though you're really. like, you know, dying to to say something, right. you just can't. And the clients would find out I was an acupuncturist and they would ask me, oh, please wow. could you just I, I I can't. I can't. Right. I can't. Right. It's not what I I had to do real simple little things for them that were that 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 could overlap with therapy and right. those things usually helped you know they usually made a difference um well that's good at least um, you were able to put in a little bit yeah sure but just like you uh my experience is that um my western medical knowledge really helps me a lot as an acupuncturist right and my acupuncture knowledge could help <laughs> in these other western medical environments they're just not allowed to most of right. the time um and and that's just really hard to endure Right. When you see something that you can probably help, but you're not allowed to. That's that's real hard to swallow. Right. Yeah. Um, makes me cry. Yeah. yeah. That, that exists in a lot of different areas. I mean, um, uh, as you know, Satch, I've done some witness prep, uh, legal witness prep, and I'm not allowed to do hypnosis when I do that. According to California law, um, uh-huh. that's prohibited um, because they, you know, it, it's, it's based on mostly on a misunderstanding okay. of what hypnosis actually is. Um, but um, the difficulty becomes how do you define hypnosis? Yeah. So you just have to, you know, for, for me, I have to um, just be careful of the language and things like that. I mean, there are lots of other tools and things that you can use in a deposition. Um, you can teach someone about, you know, 
um, managing their their psychological state and um, observing their environment and you know facial cues and and micro expressions and things you can do to con- control your breath and your posture and and you can you can do things that shift state but you you cannot do hypnosis when you're doing you know witness prep yeah uh, because if they if the opposing counsel finds out that you've done that um, it can invalidate um, the case yeah um, you know they can you know it's a mistrial kind of thing they have wow. to kind of start over because um, it's yeah there's all sorts of they really subtleties to it that really I don't, don't, I don't even honestly fully understand <laughs> yeah. oh I just gosh. know that I have to steer clear of it yeah. much like um, you know I was reading about a, um, uh, a high school teacher who was doing hypnosis with his students and he had great success he was a. It sounded like a really great guy. Mm. Um, all the kids loved him, but he got in trouble because one person complained that they had some kind of horrible anxiety. He lost his job over it, even though it probably. I'm just going to say probably had nothing to do with the hypnosis. Yeah. He was just doing guided imagery and relaxation as a group, and right. you know he offered that to help them manage their stress, and all the kids loved him for it. They're like, yeah, oh my gosh, wow. you know, he's the greatest, you know, we feel so much more confident in ourselves and we have more self-esteem and we just feel better about life in general. And, you know, he really turned my life around. I was feeling so sad and depressed and, and yet, you know, it became something that they could put their finger on. They could say, oh, it must be that. Right. Yeah. Right. He's doing this thing that's not, um, the usual program. So let's point the finger at that. And so he lost his job over it. Wow. it was, the district had, you know, lawsuit and it's a big deal. You know, so just all based on a misunderstanding. I mean, um, you know, why is that any different than meditation? But if you taught meditation as a group in a public school, you might get in trouble too, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Because there could be people with um, strong religious views. uh, Well, let's be honest. Really, the only ones that do are the fundamentalist Christians. No one else um, has a problem with that. Not even the Islamic people will have a problem with that or the Jews or anyone. It's just them who have a problem with that. Yeah, um, but because they have such a strong influence in in Southern California, um, if that happens in a public school, you're going to have problems, right? You know, totally right. Because yeah. I've considered going um, to schools. I mean, that's actually on my list of things to do is to um, volunteer at schools and give some talks on healthy mm-hmm. living for children, and you know, maybe teaching a meditation. But I, I do kind of worry about using the word meditate presenting it with the meditation part right as part of my package you know i think i'll just i think i'm going to start off by saying oh let me just have a conversation about food right you know it's funny how you know semantics comes into play most of the time like uh you know in in recent years in the u.s there's been this issue with dry needling right so Mm. dry needling is what they're calling putting needles into people so that they don't have to call it acupuncture Right, because uh, a physical therapist or a chiropractor in most places is not allowed to do acupuncture, but they can do dry needling. Yeah, very interesting. So, Bella, yeah. um, you have children. Yes. Um, do you uh, teach them meditation? Yes, I try. Mm-hmm. Okay. I try. Yeah. Um, I would say my 13-year-old is kind of rolling her eyes now at it, um, but I do definitely work affirmations in. For sure. As long as she rolls her eyes up, it's okay. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) To the third eye point, I am very happy about that. Keep doing that, honey. Right, right. Yeah, Um, yeah, so I definitely um, 
my kids, I am working on the food. I, I think we got the food down. My my girls read labels all the time. Um, nice job. Yeah, yeah. that's, yeah, that's, that's a good. big victory right yeah, there. Yeah, it is good. a yeah. huge victory. Um, you know, I secretly smile when I, when I see her read something. She's like, Mommy, it's got yellow number five. We can't buy this. You know, and I'm like... and um you know i i take them to yoga we do family yoga two to three times a week Um, yeah and you know i never bothered with taking them to beginner classes because frankly i didn't have the time for it and um i wanted to be in my classes so i just bring them with me in vinyasa and so they're learning um my younger one sometimes is in child's pose more than i'd like but it's okay (laughs) she's there she's Mm -hmm. absorbing the energy and i feel like you know she's a child she's a child yeah (laughs) they're gonna you know they're gonna resist it at some point but uh, and it's kind of like how i grew up you know my parents did try to throw all this stuff at me and i went through a stage where i was like oh give me a break, right? Like, yeah, what mm-hmm. is this? Mm-hmm. And here I am, you know, you you make a full circle. So I'm definitely trying to instill these habits into my children um, and, and hope for the best. Yeah, That's all I can do. Yeah. Well, you know, those kinds of experiences have a huge impact on our lives. I, I remember being a little boy and my dad was meditating. And I was like, what are you doing, Dad? You know, and I was bothering yeah. him. It's probably irritating him when he's trying to concentrate. And he said, I'm meditating. <laughs> you know, and I said, what's that? And so finally he just gave in and he just taught me. Oh, that's so great. So then he, I mean, okay, sit like this and cross your legs. And, you know, and I closed my eyes and he taught me how to, you know, where to look and everything. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. But I sure remember that. And they're you know? tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Maybe when you were a teenager and you were going through whatever you were going through, right, as a young boy, you you might have remembered that and that's all i feel like i can give them is tools you know i i know there's gonna be a lot more eye rolling i know it and it's probably not going to be at that third eye point but (laughs) as long as one day when they're 21 if they can remember oh yeah i remember i was doing this with my mom and this is really stressful and i'm gonna try this Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm just hoping yeah Yeah, but uh you know it it plants seeds exactly and, and um uh, I look at myself, just like what you said here, you know, as an adult, I came back to all those things. Exactly. You know, Me too. Yeah. You too. Me too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it, it definitely, it sinks in. If, if they're participating now, even reluctantly, and it's been a while, there's no question they're going to circle back around. Right. Yeah. Highly I, likely. Let's put it that way. I hope so. And what's interesting is even with my health coaching, I mean, I have had a lot of success and there's, there's like, you know, maybe one client here or there where they'll get really sick and, and I'll be hard on myself. Like, God, what did I, why wasn't I there? What did I say that I, you know, what could I done that could have changed this? And really I started to just tell myself, you know, I'm planting seeds in my clients as well. And maybe they're not ready to receive. And maybe a year from now, you know, they'll remember the advice that I gave them or the guidance that I gave them and, and implement it then. Right. You know, just like some seeds need to be scorched before they'll, they'll germinate. Right. You've planted some seeds and maybe someday in the future, somebody might have an illness or have a situation. They go, you know what? It's time. Right. That's a good analogy, Satch. Right. Thank you. (laughs) Really good one. You want to borrow that one? You know, I heard you can take good. a word or a concept, use it three times, it's yours. Yeah. Oh, okay. There <laughs> so, you go. That's awesome. Yeah, just use it three times real quick and it's yours. <laughs>
Well, I told you I wouldn't let you forget. Okay. I, would you please share with us um, some tips that we can take with us, Bella? Sure. I think the most important things, and and I don't know if I would necessarily say they're so easy. At least one of them is. Um, so not going in any order, but I would say number one would be to drink water because you'd be surprised how people do not drink enough water or they're drinking three cups of coffee and a soda and a Starbucks Frappuccino. Why is that important? Well, um, first of all, I mean, our bodies are 75% water. It nourishes us, it gives us energy, and it prevents us from grabbing another coffee or grabbing going to Starbucks because I feel like you're more satisfied. Okay. You know, mm. um, because it is probably the only thing that's really thirst quenching. You know, besides besides just thirst, I just feel like y- you just feel better when you're well hydrated. You're just you've got more energy and you you feel more full. Uh huh. Um. So definitely, water is. Uh, you said you you feel more full. Yeah. And that's important because what? Well, because if you're trying to lose weight, that's definitely some uh, an approach is to have water before your meals and have water after your meals and you're definitely going to feel more satisfied, right? That's cool. What would you say is a good strategy for somebody who doesn't drink water? Because I, boy, I know a lot of people who have a hard time with yeah. that one. I've I met mean, people who, who hate to drink water. Yeah, what, I what don't strategy? That. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't either. I mean, I, I gradually learned how to like water because I knew it was important. But I mean, what's your strategy? How do you... So my strategy is, because I do forget sometimes, is I wake up in the morning and I start my day with two glasses of water. One is lemon water. Wow. Um, and I just, it's just automatic. It's a habit to two large glasses of water and then um that way i have 16 ounces in right it's just wow. done by okay. like seven o'clock in the morning get her done yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's get her done and then um and then throughout the day like i'm just worried about six or seven more glasses which i get in you know but um but that's a strategy i would say some people who are really bad do timers think about it with your meal after your meal however you like it whatever you believe in you know when it goes best um but definitely it it just depends if i've got someone who's at their desk i tell them you know let's for one week let's calculate how much you're drinking so the formula for uh drinking water and how much water your body really needs is um looking at your body weight. So for example, if you were to weigh 140 pounds, you divide that by two, which is uh, 70. And so you should be drinking 70 ounces of water a day, which um, is a little over eight glasses. Wow. Hmm. That makes it really simple. Yeah, yeah, it does. That's fantastic. And is it, it, does it have to be just water or can it be, can we put like, you know, lemon or other things into it or, or is it just, like, does it count if it's tea or an infusion? Oh, okay. Well, um, if you, if tea, if it's decaf, but if you're having caffeinated drinks, I would add an additional glass. Okay. Why is um, that? Because, um, you know, caffeine is dehydrating. Okay. So you actually need to add an additional. So if you have two cups of coffee in the morning I, and you need to drink eight glasses, I would be, I would suggest you drink 10, okay. 10 glasses okay. of um, water a day. Um, if you drink alcohol, same rule applies for whatever amount of alcohol you drink, you need to add that of water. Okay. Um, so that would be my first tip. Um, number two is definitely work on something for stress management. 
Okay. So find what resonates with you. Figure that out. If it's reading, if it's going to a yoga class, if it's doing Qigong, if it's doing, you know, whatever it is that you enjoy that decreases your stress and calms your nervous system down, you've got to implement something like that. Whether it's whether you start with just five minutes a day mm-hmm. and move up gradually to 20 minutes, I feel like that's very important. Is it is it beneficial to just do five minutes a day? I think it's a great start. Okay. And I think that people who even do five minutes a day feel the difference. And so I, I want people to just start with five minutes because you've got five minutes in your day. I don't yeah. care how busy you are. Right. You've definitely got five minutes. because No you have, excuses. Yeah, no excuses because yeah. <laughs> I know you're spending that amount of time, if not more, on Facebook yeah. and Instagram. Right. I, think, so. <laughs> I think you just inspired me to start every commute to work listening to comedians. Okay, great. Yeah, there we go. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. I'm just going to laugh my Whatever it is. Yeah, laugh yeah. therapy, right? <laughs> Laughing yoga, whatever. Yeah. So um, it, it seems like with that, suggestion um there's a portion of the community that i've interacted with with which wants to be perfect you know they 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 say oh um you know i need it to be this big grandiose thing you know i've got to take on this project that i've been wanting to do for a long time that's like learning to become a master of this or that or or whatever um what would you say to those people who who maybe have that really high standard and it's really kind of getting in their way. They're not the five really, minutes? Yeah. Because you're saying like incorporate some kind of um, way of dealing with stress, right? But a lot of people have, they want to bite off more than they can chew. Right. Because they have these but big But how ideas. are they feeling when they're biting off more that they can, than they can chew? That's what horrible. they need to assess. Horrible. Right. So if you're feeling horrible, let's start with five minutes. That's what you need to look at. If you're feeling great and, and you don't feel like you even need to do any kind of stress management, more power to you. And I wish, you know, I can be there. But for most of us, I feel like we can all use, we can all benefit from just that five minutes, if yeah. not 20, right? If not an hour. Yeah. So anything, anything you really, truly enjoy that reduces your stress and how you're going to respond to stress throughout your day whether it be your children that are driving you crazy or or traffic or pressures at work whatever cat videos yeah whatever that's one of my favorites (laughs) yeah you know deepak chopra says um um you know uh pull over a block away from home and just meditate for five minutes before you go home wow that's a good one that's a great idea yeah you know you know it would be nice to have um sort of like 100 ways to get that five minutes yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean <laughs> that, just like great. random yeah. suggestions like that yeah, yeah. uh yeah, it's yeah. it's right. funny how people don't think of of those little things like that right pull over a you know, block or two before you get home and do your meditation there yeah you know what i suggest yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. is um is deep belly breathing and mm-hmm. do it at every red light Mm, do it go. at every red light because yeah. guess what most of us are breathing in the chest area because yeah. we're so uh-huh. anxious and we're just going 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 that when are you really taking a deep breath full inhalation from your belly you know mm-hmm. and then a full exhalation when are you really doing that i love it that's really so great. Yeah, at a, yeah, at a red light yeah. you know i i think we okay. should all do that i and, yeah. i'd love to share one that i do when i drive okay um so i created a a, a sort of hypnotic anchor association to anytime I see the word shoulder, it's usually like shoulder closed or open shoulder. Yeah. I interpret it the same way. Okay. It means that I need to 
reposition my shoulders and relax them down. Yeah, and time. align it with my body. That's so it's, you know, I think of that that Tai Chi concept of having an open shoulder, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just decided that anytime I see the word shoulder, uh, which is often, uh, it reminds me to, you know, draw my shoulders back and down. Let the um, shoulder blade sort of be smooth against my back and sort of open the shoulder. That's mm. great. Yeah, That's I just great. I just thought of one. Yeah, stop. Oh, there you Yo. go. Oh, yeah, and just relax for a moment. Oh, you'll nice. be relaxing yeah, a lot then. See, yeah, <laughs> nice. very good. Very nice. good. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So we, I think we can all manage that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my third tip is probably the most obvious, which is just eat real food. You know, just real food that is nutrient dense, that is in its whole form. What are some examples of that? Uh, like fruits and vegetables. That's what I mean. Um, You know, like just eat a lot of variety, you know, instead of going through a drive through, you know, it's really easy to prep something simple at home and, um, and healthy food tastes really good. I mean, we're a major foodie family and I would say the food that we're eating tastes really, really good. Mm. I mean, we get excited about grilled fennel in our house. I don't Mm. know. You know, so many people don't even try that, Mm -hmm. but it's like, if you just, if you just experiment with like a different vegetable every week, you know, try, try what a mango tastes like. I don't know. You'd be surprised how many people haven't. Yeah. Wow. So I just feel like give real food a shot. <laughs> and, and it's so funny because it's so simple, but seriously. Well, you know, when you go to the supermarket, I think most people have a, they go into robotic mode. They get what they, you know, they think they're there to get, but there are sections of the gro- grocery department that I think most people just graze over real quickly, or, or they they um, they blast through that section, and it's a blur, and they don't notice that strange, bumpy looking thing in the corner <laughs> that you know celery right, celery root, right. right? It's right. like maybe stop for a second and think, how could I use celery root? Right. You know, ask yeah. your grandma. Right. You know, ask right. your mom. Right. Um, right. You know, like Google it. You know, how has it been used, and what are some yeah. ideas that you could do? With right. The, gosh, Google's your friend. Right. right? Go, I mean, go on to YouTube and say, "What do I do with a kabucha squash?" Right. right. You know, or how, get a health coach. Get a health <laughs> and they'll coach. They'll help you. There's a concept. Right. Hire yeah. Bella. Yeah, hire me, there and I'll go. and I'll help you through that because yeah. that's something I do. Uh, have them do is a new vegetable every week. Oh, very with good. recipes, very by good. the way. Well, right. and what about um, you know joining one of those uh, uh, organic uh, grocery um, the delivery FSA or what is it called the the boxes? Yeah, the boxes mm-hmm. where where you know mm-hmm. you're kind of forced to try new things, otherwise right. you're wasting. Right. Yeah. Exactly. They, they, they give you yeah. stuff that's seasonal, um, so it's you know you're always eating you know in the seasons. Yeah. Um, that's kind of cool. That's great. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, Bella, you you said um, eat real food. Right. Those are the words you chose. And that yeah. reminds me of something that I read in the book Born to Run mm-hmm. by Christopher McDougall. Um, he's talking about Scott Jurek, who's the very famous um, ultra marathon runner, uh, who's just, you know, like 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 the, the super duper outstanding marathon runner. And I remember there was a part in the book where they were talking to him about food. And he had always carried like uh, little trail mixes and stuff with him when he's on his hundred mile runs, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, "You don't use goo, you know? Like runners right. use goo, right. you know?" To like, right. he's like, he said, "No, nah, I prefer real food." Yeah, and yeah. he's the champion. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's exactly. Eating trail mix. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For those who don't know what goo is, look it up. It's a it's a calorie rich 
uh, food product <laughs> that athletes yeah. sometimes use. Fake honey. That's kind of what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's great. So um, what problem is that solving when you, when you eat real food? Why is that well, it's good preventing. It's preventing, first of all, so many things from happening, right? Um, just eating real food is going to improve your digestion. Um, and it's going to prevent, you know, there's so many artificial foods out there that make us want to continually eat because they don't create satisfaction. And so by eating real food, you're eating less of it and you're more satisfied. You're your digestion improves, you're feeling better. I mean, it's just, it's like endless. And if you have a chronic condition, it'll help. Instead of picking up something that's really quick, that's got so many ingredients that you have no clue. And the other thing that's shocking is that this country allows so many chemicals that are banned in all of Europe. Well, there there are a lot of things, uh, a lot of pesticides and fungicides that are banned in mexico yeah you know people oh that's from mexico hey wait a minute mexico banned a lot of pesticides and things Mm -hmm. like that so you're you know don't Mm -hmm. be so quick to say oh mexico and they're you know are you kidding me right they use less chemicals on their uh farming products than we do yeah Mm. so let's get real here um so so that's great bell so um uh drink water mm-hmm. more of it and you gave mm-hmm. us a, a wonderful formula for figuring out how much water to right. drink and how to get that in our system um figure out some way of of handling stress some kind of a method and start incorporating at least five minutes right or pick some amount of time that you can do every day and just do it every day right right and then start eating real food whole foods unprocessed foods more fresh food right um, get more variety right uh, so that you're improving your nutrition every single day right that's exactly. great i'm gonna I, try one new vegetable a week all right thank you those yeah. are great Very good. tips glad there, to inspire there are probably a lot more tips that you have don't you absolutely yeah so how, yeah. how would people find you and and uh consult with you Okay, so um, I'm currently a practitioner at the Healing Sanctuary OC. Um, and also I wanted to offer a free 20-minute uh, consultation Ooh. to anyone who emails me at um, Bella Health, which is with one L, so it's B-E-L-A health at yahoo.com. Um, and so if anyone's interested, go ahead and give me, uh, send me an email and I'd love to chat with you. Lovely. All right. Very generous of you. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. Excellent. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. It's been very, very interesting, very intriguing. It's been fun to talk to another healthcare person. Yeah. Absolutely. Great conversation. It was great. Definitely. Yeah. Well, uh, here's to health. Here's to our health. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to The Authenticity Show with your hosts, Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. Very special thanks to our guest, Bella Patel. The show is produced by Oliver Altine. Our theme music is composed by Oliver Altine. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And check out our website, AuthenticityShow.com. Thanks for listening and have an authentic day.